Hey you, and here we go with another episode of Not We Talk Wrestling. This is Mo of We Talk Wrestling WTW, and of course, what we have for you here today is not in fact an episode of We Talk Wrestling. I was recently on the Stick Boy podcast with uh, Stick Boy, One Fall, and the Fresh Take Network, and it's because they wanted to talk about Benoit and wanted my perspective, a uh, different perspective than what they would have. And I was more than happy to do that. Now, we wanted to let you know that this is the first thing that's come on the air for a while for We Talk Wrestling. And it's because we wanted to reach as wide an audience as possible with this show. Because I think it's a really good discussion, really thorough, very interesting. And uh, for me, I know it was a really, a really uh, gave me a lot of closure. And hopefully it will do so for some people who might still be seeking it out. But it's not an episode of We Talk Wrestling, not what We Talk Wrestling is. Uh, it's uh, not funny, it's not uh, irreverent, uh, it's not all the things that you have expected. So we do want to let you know, but we also want to let you know the status of We Talk Wrestling. Uh, for those of you who are longtime subscribers, of any thousands of you who've listened over the years, and we're so grateful, um, do not unsubscribe, because the show is not dead. Now obviously we had been slowing down even before this long extended hiatus that came out of nowhere to many of you but it's very simple i've had some things that have gone on in my life and have changed and um, other projects that have taken me away from this somewhat but uh we talk wrestling and always will be very close to my and addy's heart uh addy's had much bigger change as he's recently become a father and becoming a father always changes your life and your schedule and and your priorities uh even more so when you're the father to twins as he is and uh there's been their own uh challenges i guess you would say um with with that that uh but everything is good everybody's home everybody's happy everybody is healthy and that's the most important thing uh so the show wtw is it dead no it's not dead uh let's just say that we're on brock lesnar's schedule um maybe maybe the undertaker or triple h is better example uh eventually addy and i will get together and we'll talk wrestling when we do we'll probably just record it because that's what we do and it's fun and and it'll be like getting back together and chatting and, and sharing it with you all and having some laughs and, and looking at wrestling the way we want to look at it and hopefully giving some good analysis as well. But uh, we don't know how often it'll happen. We don't know when it'll happen. They'll essentially be specials. But they will be specials that will be coming. So please uh, you know, keep on listening out and looking out for them. And uh, when they do come, I really hope you enjoy them. And otherwise, I just want to thank Josh and Joel for having me on their show. Um, I really appreciate it, and I hope you all enjoy. What it is, what it do, welcome to a very special podcast here, brought to you by We Talk Podcast, We Talk Wrestling, in association with the One Fall Podcast, Fresh Take, and Stick Boy Productions. I'm Joshua Arbuthnot, joined by Mo and Joel, and today, a decade to the date, we look back at a tragic date in wrestling history and history overall when the lives of Nancy Benoit, Daniel Benoit were taken from Chris Benoit. And we look back at this tragedy, how it affected the world of professional wrestling and the state it left it in. We're going to start with Mo, who has the most insight at this time. When, when this event had happened over 10 years ago, I was 22 years old. Joel, how old were you? 
Oh god, I was in junior high. I was transitioning to grade nine. So however old that is. So Joel was still very young. Uh, so maybe even a little bit more interesting how you processed it. I won't get to that. And then Mo, you're probably the one that was the most had the better insights and the more life experience when something like this had happened. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, this is obviously like you guys, I, I know in contacting me, were very, uh, you know, careful about it. And you weren't even sure if, if, if it was something I would want to talk about. And I had to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and because it's like, there is no, Let's put it this way. We did a show a few years ago on, on Benoit um, on We Talk Wrestling. And it was probably the worst podcast we ever had. Our, our energy was down. Our, our just it, it just it didn't come off right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as cleansing as I hoped it would be. And I'm kind of hoping that in, in this opportunity here now that, that – the insight can be better and 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 a little bit more distance from it, and it can be cleansing, because this is something that that it still weighs on me. Like, it, I think I think a lot of people who follow Chris Benoit and 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 love wrestling, or you know, and being in a the province that he was from, even more so, and, and watching him, seeing him right from the beginning of his career, it's how do you put it aside? And, and I still haven't been able to, to, to a, a degree and I'd like to. So that's, that's why I'm here. Basically. I'm hoping that, that talking through this with you guys and getting different perspectives will right. help do that. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the comment you said where you hope to be a cleansing thing. Cause that's kind of something I wanted to have. Hopefully it can be something, you know, a cleansing of the palate, maybe, talking about it a decade later, Joel and I, two years ago, did uh, an Eddie podcast. And it's obviously much different circumstances. It's still sad that someone like Eddie Guerrero passed away. But once you get past the unfortunate early death of Eddie Guerrero, there's just a lot of happy memories thinking of Eddie Guerrero. And while there's happy memories in the ring of, of Chris, it's really hard to focus on those when the thing that outshines it is just so dark. You know, I, that's the difference, right? Is I miss Eddie. Yeah. I miss him a lot because Eddie had like, he had a spark. Like you could see that twinkle in his eyes and, and I miss that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he had that made him special. But the difference is I can talk about Eddie. I can easily talk about Eddie. I can go watch Eddie's matches. I still, I mean, it's unbelievable to me now that, I mean, it's been, that it's been this long. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's been this long since since the tragedy. But also, it's amazing how little I've actually talked about or how little I talk, even at the time, like, it's just something you don't want to talk about because talking about it makes it real. But if you don't talk about it, it doesn't ever go away. And like you said, you never kind of get that uh, that closure. So, um, you know, and and that's the thing is for me is it's not just about the closure for me and you, but maybe it's the closure for the listeners of this show as well. Yeah, and and if we can give that, then that's absolutely phenomenal. So what I want to start with is just going to that day and let's just no interruptions. Just give your initial thoughts before the Monday Night Raw happened, or after, let's say after Monday Night Raw, going to that ECW. Just your accounts of 
the how you heard the announcement well, you know to what? the Monday Night Raw till the ECW uh, portion I, with Vince. I wasn't there for that. That's uh, and I, I don't want to disappoint you, but I mean you wouldn't know. But what it was was I was out in the woods in BC. Oh, and okay. I, I I was gone for that weekend, and I wasn't back until in, in, in a little past midnight raw or monday night and that's when it had broken that he did the murder you know but but i mean i was exhausted i was coming from a it was it was like a work camp type thing that i was doing right and uh where they they didn't allow us any any sort of uh you know news uh actually you know what i was it would have been it would have been even later maybe another week probably another week now that i think back on it because Addy, my We Talk Wrestling uh, co-host, would be, uh, you know, call my called my sister, and it's like, where is he? I got to talk to him. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's not. And she and he told her, he said, when he gets home, I don't care if it's three in the morning, you get him to call me. And he was waiting and and trying for days. And anyways, I, so I wasn't actually there for that. So interesting. So, and so I didn't know. Like this yeah. stuff had been going on for days, and I didn't know. I think it was actually like a Wednesday when I came back. So, you know, wow. a couple days after. Okay, cool. Interesting. And so, so I mean, I go to sleep, you know, exhausted, happy to be home. Mm-hmm. And I wake up the next day. I'm, I'm take, I have one more day off work. And, and I go and check the computer to check the wrestling news. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I open it up and, and, uh, see the headlines, Chris Benoit dead. And and then see the further headline, Chris Benoit, his wife, Nancy and Mm -hmm. son, Daniel dead. So my, uh, I go, Oh my God, like Chris Benoit died. Like I saw the headline first. And my, my thought is, Oh my God, heart attack, uh, some sort of overdose. I hope not with Chris, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, heart attack was my first thought because that was what got Eddie. Mm -hmm. Um, and then and then I see that uh, you know Nancy and so I'm like oh no they were in a car crash they're in a car crash that's the only that's the only possible explanation for all three of them being dead they were killed in a tra- tragic car crash no other possibility exists right yeah you want to go to think with Chris Benoit think murder right off the beginning no so so was I I, I you know then I click the article and and I, and I go in and I see this and and, and I see this news. I don't know how I processed it. I really went into kind of a, a zombie trance, as I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. And um, the, like how it was was I was living with my sister. We had bought a house together. She had kids, and I was helping actually to raise her kids mm-hmm. um, because she was going to school and and she couldn't afford the bills. And and this was it was a family thing to do. You know, you she For had sure. three three kids and she was a single mom and. Uh, I had taken, you know, I I love wrestling, and they would all ask me, and I'd be watching SmackDown, I'd be watching these things, and they're like, "Why, you, why do you love this?" And and I, I said, well, a lot of it is just so proud of these people, you know, um, these people from here. And I showed them her the, her kids wrestling with the shadows, and and explained how Bret Hart, and and then I took out the Hard Knocks Chris Benoit DVD, and I showed them that. I said, "Man, this is this is it. This is somebody who's worked hard, who who you can admire." Who you can you can be somebody that that's 
that he's achieved something. He came from here. He has the same roots as you. You can do anything you want to do in your in your life as long as you want to work as hard as someone like he did. And and you know, and Chris Benoit was my my niece's favorite wrestler uh, because of this. And they they worked didn't become huge wrestling fans, but you know, and and when when I the next day. I came upstairs and we were they had, they had invited me for lunch because I I had the basement portion of the house and we come upstairs and they're all there and and I was I was really quiet and they're like what's you know you know what's going on and I'm like well someone I sort of know passed away that's that's how I put it right because yeah. I didn't know how big it was mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was in um you know how much it had hit the other parts of the news media and culture. And and they're just like, and, and, and Heidi, my niece, who's goes, Chris Benoit. I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you know about this. Like, Everybody knows about this. And I had such guilt that I'm like, because they're still young. I think she was like 16 at the time. And the other one was 15. And the other one, I think it was like eight. And that one I haven't really showed. But but those two, the 15, 16-year-olds, and I'm like, I'm I, I'm like, now this man who's done this, I told them, like, I felt such guilt for doing that to them now uh, mm-hmm. on top of it. So it was, like, it was incredibly, uh, like, so that was on top of it. So it wasn't just for me, oh, no, somebody I admire passed away. And, oh, no, how could this be Chris? Because I love Chris because, you know, I grew up watching him or whatever. Or, you know, um, it was also... Uh, I, now, I, how does that make me look to them? But, but also more, did that does that hurt them or damage them? Like, what have I done to them? So I had that guilt. So it was a really, um, so, sorry. This is and this is a heavy podcast, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, definitely. But that's. But I, I'm trying to be as honest. And I've never really explained no, and this. That's what we're that's what we're trying to get. You're trying to get the feeling of that day, and I'm sure Joe and I will have. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Similar heavy, but guys. we both have. Heavy thoughts. Uh, Joel, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go. I can okay, sure. So, like I said, junior high. So, I basically, like, when I really, 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 really got into wrestling, like, really hardcore, after after Austin and all of them had kind of moved on, it was, it was that 04. It was that whole run from Royal Rumble to 20, which, you know... I, I never saw it live. I sat there because just didn't have the funds to order the pay-per-views. But I was sitting there on the dirt sheets refreshing because there was a website called Raja, Raja, something like that. Yeah, that, still around. That Oh, yeah. And still go to it to this day. Uh, and I'd go to and it'd have like the live results. So refreshing it for 20 and refreshing it to find out. I was like, Benoit better win, Benoit better win, Benoit. Sure enough, Benoit won. And then you see that moment afterwards, and it's probably it was one of the greatest moments in wrestling. And then you fast forward to that weekend, and I remember hearing that Benoit no showed for the uh, Net Champions. Didn't order that pay per view. It's like, oh, that's weird. And thought nothing of it. Thought nothing of it. I had that Monday off, so I was at home with my sister, and we would we would sit there and we we play a game where we'd have our own like draft lottery because I, I thought I'd heard a rumor that there was going to be another draft lottery and they were going to swap guys. So we would do, we would write the names, the, the wrestlers names on a piece of paper and we would, you know, we would 
randomly draw, but she took there out... Actually, you already been one two weeks ago, because that's how we went DCW. That's correct. So yeah. that's probably why we were doing it. Yeah. And she pulled out Benoit's name and gave it to me. Said, here, you can have him, because that's the one that you want. The day, that Monday, of everything that happened. So we're mm-hmm. doing that, we're, we're, we're joking around, and we're getting ready for... Vince has blown up. And then my dad calls... And I think it's something hockey-related. And he's like, are you sitting down? I'm like, no. And I'm thinking it's something Flames-related. So I'm like, okay, I'll sit down. He's like, Chris Benoit is dead. And it just kind of sat for a few seconds. I'm like, what? He's like, Chris Benoit, his wife, and his kid is dead. And I'm like, whoa, what? Huh? Like, just shocked. Absolutely floored. And so my first instinct is dirt sheets. Start going to the dirt sheets and start refreshing it through and trying to, trying to find any information. And all I can find is they're dead and uh, Monday Night Raw will go on. And by that point, I'm like, okay, got to watch Monday night. So watch that whole, whole show and just that tribute show. And it's just sad because I'm just like floored. And, but something, something doesn't feel right. For me, I just felt a little off about everything, and my dad was suspiciously quiet through all of it. I'm like, why is he suspiciously quiet? What's going on? What information is not coming out? And that night, like, I couldn't sleep. I was, I, I was already pretty like that threw threw me kind of out of whack. But I was, I for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep. So I popped into my parents' room. And I kind of was sitting on their bed. Because I would do that sometimes when I couldn't sleep. I'd just pop there, sit on the foot of the bed for like half an hour. And then usually I'd be able to mellow out. And so they start talking. My parents start talking to me about everything that's kind of gone on. And my dad kind of is like, yeah, it sounds like uh, he killed them. And then he killed himself. And I'm like, holy crap. And then the next morning and then subsequently that week, we we still had school. Like, but it was periodically, there were final exams, so being transitioning to grade 9, there was no need for me to be there certain days. I could kind of not be at school. But the days that we were, I just spent it into the, uh, the computer room, just on the wrestling dirt sheets. I've never done that before. I always waited till I got home, or uh, waited to talk to my dad about what was kind of going on. But this time, it was just refresh, refresh. And then watching CNN or whatever I could get my hands on for information, just everything. And then uh, tracking, uh, tracking down, because I didn't, I didn't have access to ECW, so I could never see it until, uh, so just would find that on the dirt sheet and then find out what Vince said and read that. Yeah, because you didn't have the YouTube option back then. Yeah, so that's where I was kind of like, okay, got to find out that. And I was like, okay. And oddly enough, I would say a year later, there was a channel in Canada. I can't remember the channel, but they were re-airing old episodes of ECW. Score, I believe. No, it wasn't the score. It was some sci-fi. It was some other sports-like channel here in Canada that we had. It'd only be Sportsnet or TSN. Yeah, it wasn't. Or is it like the outdoor uh, like Life Network? I don't know what it was, but they were airing ECW episodes. And I mm-hmm. knew because I saw uh, 
previous episode that had aired because they aired like two two back to back because this was a year after everything had happened 2008 mm. and so they aired the one with the the go home before vengeance night of champions so it had benoit on it and then they had the next episode where it was mcmahon talking and that was the first time i got to see that i was just like wow and you could just see like vince's reaction and just it was it was just a chasing for information because like I said, this is a guy I watched. And even beforehand he, he was like, He's from Calgary, so yeah, well from Alberta. Edmonton. This is awesome. Edmonton. This is great. This is exactly who I want to root for. This is Yeah. And he was really good. And yeah, that's how that kind of week played out was just refreshing dirt sheets and just trying. Because I didn't have a lot of there's not a lot of people at my school that were wrestling fans so it was really kind of on my own and going at home and reading the dirt sheets over and over and over and over again trying to find out something and just not and then listening to like nancy grace talk about stuff which we can get into that later which the media coverage of everything and just listening to guys like brett jericho and cena going on larry king to talk about stuff that stuff I knew what time it was going to be on, and I had myself situated and ready to watch it. Um, uh, for me, so you, it was kind of interesting you talked there about pay-per-views. I remember we had happened to get a, a, a legal American satellite at one point, so all of a sudden we get the pay-per-views. Before, you know, you kind of had to, you know, Maybe you can get Lucky's Torrents were kind of a thing back then, so maybe you can download them, but it was still pretty rare. Or maybe you get the scrambled version, and you kind of try to make things out. I remember doing that for some old ECW shows and WCW shows. But first one I got was the Royal Rumble that he won, leading up to WrestleMania 20. So I had this huge, big introduction to this whole big Benoit run when I first had the pay-per-views. I already really liked the guy... When he was in WCW, he was, uh, you know, you'd always go into WCW and you'd, 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 you'd want to watch for Hogan and Flair and the Outsiders and Goldberg. But then you get that undercard and you watch that guy. And it's like, man, this guy, he's so much different than these other guys. Like, it was at, the t- it's at that early point in your love of wrestling where you're like, still kind of like, yeah, I love Hulk Hogan. But, like, this guy and this other guy, like, they're actually doing stuff in the ring instead of just kind of like throwing each other. Like this is actually maybe more entertaining. I don't know, but I'm not smart enough to really know what's going on, but I like what they're doing. So yeah, but as, as my wrestling brain grew and I grew smarter within the business, he started to enjoy that. And he was definitely getting to the top of my list. Dare I say it? My boy, maybe number one right there with Kurt. So get home from school one day. I was at college at the time, Mount Royal, and get in, and uh, my sister's like, hey, I got some unfortunate news. I'm like, yeah? She's like, yeah, you know, uh, the rest, a wrestler died, and his family died, and it was a gas leak. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, who? And all I, and the first thing I'm like, in my head, I'm like, don't be Benoit Kurt, don't be Benoit Kurt, don't be Benoit Kurt. So the two first names that came to my head. And she's like, oh, is this guy Chris Benoit? I'm like, oh, shit. So immediately jumped to CNN, try to find on. And that's at the time with the reporting 
died in the gas leak and it's like, well, damn, this really sucks. So changed the background of my laptop and my phone to pictures of Benoit just in a way, a weird way to honor him and, you know, have some solo time to think about him and whatnot. At the time, you know, you could kind of, like I said, download some old shows. So we had, me and my buddy had this hard drive that had some older Raws on it and some older WCW. So me and him watched a few Benoit matches beforehand, but we knew we were going to get some good stuff on Raw. And I was like, and I, I remember turning into that Raw and they had some matches when he was Pegasus kid. And I had always heard about that. I never was one into the tape trading type side of things or even seen, seen any of his ECW matches other than maybe on like a, a DVD here and there. But I was really excited to see some Pegasus kid matches. And just to hear Punk talk about him, Austin talk about him, Regal, who was struggling. And, you know, it was nice to see their thoughts about Chris because, I mean, one of the most iconic parts about that Eddie Memorial, as sad as it was, was just Benoit just being destroyed and the face of a, a best friend losing their best friend. And it destroyed you on that Eddie thing. So I kept on thinking about, man, like, this poor... This, poor friends of both these guys like Jericho and Chavo and Malenko like Chris had a hard time dealing with Eddie going but now both of these guys are gone and they had my favorite Wrestlemania moment of all time and now it's just kind of two ghosts holding up these belts so we go into the Monday and you know some words are going through that some funny business may have happened but when I thought that, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe they were mur- they were murdered, all of them together. Maybe someone leaked the gas into the house or something. I didn't put too much of it because Raw was going to air and it was a Raw, it was a Benoit tribute episode, so I didn't do anything. And I think it was, like I was saying, while you're watching the Raw matches, somewhere around in between there, CNN, BBC, all them start reporting that know that he had murdered them. I think it had came out just after the raw taping, but I didn't want to believe it. So I was kind of naive to the factor and was like, no, Chris Benoit wouldn't do that. Like this was the guy that cried tears and was disturbed when his best friend died two years ago. This guy, and he loved his son. That was part of that WrestleMania moment. He was hugging his son and, he fought to get Nancy away from Kevin Sullivan. That's a whole other story we can get to another day. But I was like, there's no way like he would he would do that. And then, you know, come DCW and you have Vince come on and make the confirmation. And you're like, shit, it's real. And then it it took quite a few days to process it. And then you gotta go through the motions of like, holy shit, like he he's dead. And then you're like holy shit, like, he killed his wife. And then you're like, holy shit, he killed his son, that motherfucker. And it just all really starts to sink in. And, yeah, then, I mean, much like all of us, it takes time to really process where you want to go with this entire situation. I I know for me... um hearing about the wife and the son, I, I know I, I, I immediately started looking for an excuse. Yeah. 
like there's got to be okay. He's, there had to be a good. He had to have had a good reason. You can't have done that because he's that evil, that bad, that mm-hmm. that. You know, I I, I don't want to hate him. I don't mm-hmm. want to hate him. I could lose him. That's tough. That's but a perfect line there. Tough. Perfect line. Yeah, perfect line there. But I don't want to hate him. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's the thing that it's like. I, I agree. I didn't. Uh, I, I I still. That's the part that still is. That's the difference maker, isn't it? Like that's the, that's the X factor in this whole thing is the the wife and more importantly the son. Yeah. And, and then when you find out some of the details about how Nancy was killed, and then he took Daniel and you know played with him in the backyard, and I know, and, and gave tried to give him like a special day before yeah. taking his life. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like, he didn't kill, you know, Daniel immediately afterwards or before. Like, after after Nancy was killed, it's like, oh, no, I've killed this boy's mother. mother, And and now I have to kill him because he, he's going to live without his mother and I'm going to be in jail. And I'm, it's almost like he's thinking, I'm doing him, this is for his own good, but I want him to know how much I love him first. And and I'm gonna give him a special. And he gave him like a really special day. Bought him like ice cream, and you know, like spent the day with him. Uh, and and then that night took his life, and then went downstairs and literally found the most painful, disgustingly awful way to die, to kill himself that he could. He didn't go take pills. He on purpose. Not only did he hang himself, he did it in a way that it would be extremely painful and like punishing. Like the the details around all this thing that makes it so much tougher. Yeah, and and it also makes me go again. It it also screws me up in my mind where it's like how, like there's almost something like I don't understand it, but I almost understand it, and so. Is there some way I can I can look at this and not hate him? Well, I, because and, and part of it is selfish. I didn't want to lose his wrestling. Like I, like I didn't. Too, I wanted yeah. I, I wanted to be able to watch his matches because they gave me so much joy over the years. He was so. I mean, we he he wasn't just good. He he was brilliant mm-hmm. in the ring. He was, he was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. That's he's still thing, ahead. Right? He's, he's still ahead. ahead. Uh, I want to ask kind of a dark question but a question that a friend of mine brought up a long time ago with me he said what if he never killed daniel and the nancy situation was he still killed nancy but you know it was a fit cte a fit of rage pushed her the wrong way and killed her but then turned himself in immediately because i don't i don't know the circumstances around nancy's death maybe you can fill us in does that change how we perceive him at all I, i think so I think so. Uh, I mean, even um, I remember uh, Joel, you brought up um, CNN and Nancy Grace and all this stuff, and Larry King, and I remember um, Chris Jericho talking about how, like, he would talk to to, to Chris and Benoit, and and Jericho would be like, yeah, saying that, like his. Like, you know, she'd be nagging him and she was really bugging him or whatever, you know, and, and whatever. But he said, but it's like a lot of the guys do on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, this is going to sound awful. There's no good way to, to approach this, so I'll just do it. Sure. Uh, 
the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, was printing the uh, text messages and the messages that were on Benoit's phone between him and Nancy. And out of context, she just, she did not come off very well. Um, there's that old, you know, the old saying about a nagging wife, and it's not fair, and especially not fair in this situation. No. But because we were only getting one side of it, right? But she, she did not, she, you know, this looked like, like he, there's trouble in paradise to begin with. So I guess if if he had just killed her in a fit of rage and she's she's come, somebody who she she stands up for herself and he's you know got the CTE and he got the steroids and in a fit of rage it would be awful and it'd be unforgivable. Yes. But it it's it's not inconceivable. Is the way to put it. Awful, unforgivable, but not inconceivable. The kid part is the part for me that always that's, puts it over the top, man. That's every like inconceivable. It's every inconceivable. time. Every time I like, oh, I'm gonna go watch Benoit and Kurt in the cage because that's one of my favorite matches, or yeah. Benoit and Jericho in that awesome ladder match. And then I'm like, I get into it, and I get into it. I'm like, this match is awesome. It's as awesome as I remember. But then I'm like, this motherfucker killed his kid, yes. and I just can't get over it. I agree. I, I agree. That's the one where, and, and like, and and I know he was like I say. I know he had the brain trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the brain of a seventy-year-old Alzheimer patient, is what mm-hmm. they said. I mean, he's practically liquid. Yeah. You know, and and, but I don't care. No. You killed your kid. You killed mm-hmm. your your young son. Mm-hmm. And 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 I remember. This was again years ago, Addy. Um, uh, we were text, or we were I, actually we were over at his house. And we were watching actually, um, we we're watching some Owen matches, and because and, Owen was his favorite, and and he was getting really emotional. Like he missed Owen, and, and then he turns to me and he goes, uh, "I hate Chris Benoit," and, and I go, "You hate him?" He goes, "He killed this kid. I hate him. I hate his guts," and and um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that, telling us story. But I, I, I'm like, I don't want to hate him. How can you hate him? Please don't hate him. Because if you hate him, i got to hate him too. I don't want to. Like, I've never been able to. And again, this is why we're talking about this. This is why we're looking for this closure. Because, but how do you? Yeah, so I, I guess that I, I feel like if the Nancy thing, if it had just been her, we would have moved past it. The reason we're struggling to this day is because he also took Daniel's life. Yeah. That's that's always been the hardest part for me. Like as far as the matches go and everything, there's times if I'm watching a pay-per-view and a Benoit match comes up, I don't skip it anymore. I can watch it. It you know, there's still that in the back of your head no matter what, but I can watch it and to a degree enjoy it, but there's always that thing in the back of my mind it's not fast-forwarding it anymore like I used to. I don't, you know what, I don't, it, it's it's definitely affected my ability to go back and watch old pay-per-views or watch them on the network. More than that, I, I mean, I think since he's passed, I mean, I, I can barely watch Eddie matches. Oh, wow. It just reminds me of how much I miss Eddie, even though I, I can watch Eddie matches. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's just that I, it's just that I miss him. Yeah. But, but, but I don't feel guilt for mm-hmm. watching them. After, it was about a, a year or two after Chris had 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 you know 
everything went down, I decided I'm going to try and watch some matches. And I watched him versus Eddie in the finals from the from the United States uh, Championship Tournament when they they debuted the belt in the WWE, and and I watched the WrestleMania 20, hmm. and especially the WrestleMania 20, I'm like, I still got into it. And and at the end when he has, you know, Triple H in the in the uh, crossface, I'm still waiting for it reminded me of the moment i watched that match um at a movie theater i was looking for some friends that that would would want to buy the pay-per-view nobody was really interested i see if anybody wanted to go nobody wanted to go i went by myself i I had to see chris benoit in that match and and if you'll remember the um the build-up was he wins the royal rumble Mm -hmm. you think he's going to go and challenge the SmackDown champion is where, where he is, and instead he shows up on Raw. And Raw has a feud between Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and, and, and he kind of gets, okay, he's getting Triple H. And then Shawn just kind of, no, my, my issue with Triple H is not done, and, and he kind of works his way in there. Mm-hmm. And your feel, the, my, my feeling at that point were two things, was they did not trust Chris Benoit enough to draw for WrestleMania, so they're putting in Shawn Michaels. And they don't think that the match will get enough heat with Chris Benoit because he's not over enough. So they're putting in Shawn Michaels. And then go to the theater. And not only is everybody in the theater during that match screaming, but the Madison Square Garden crowd is cheering for Benoit over Shawn Michaels. (laughs) You know, he's the favorite. Everybody wants him to win. I'm like, oh, they totally miss... But it's an incredible match. It's, and when I watched it back, that was the one thing I'm like, I still got into that match. That's still a five-star match. I still love that match. Maybe I can watch them. Yeah. And that's like eight years ago. I haven't watched one since. Yeah. It's hard. I've never seen 20 because, again, couldn't afford it, so I never saw it. And by the time that there's potential for me to see it in its full entirety – everything had happened. I've never gone back and seen that on the network. I've never watched that Raw. I mean, I had that Raw. You know, I taped it um, uh, His and, and, and I held on to it for like four months and then I deleted it and now, and then you have a chance you can go watch it on YouTube or, or to tour. I've never been, I've never, I've as much every now and then my curiosity of what it's like, but but all those Raws are tough anyways. I mean, all the times that people pass and you brought up the, the the Eddie Guerrero passing, when Chris Benoit talks, he literally gets like a three words out. Yeah. And then he breaks out and just starts crying. And it's not a cry. I've never it's heard anything about it. It's a blubbering. It's a, it's a, it's a, almost like a primal. You feel the soul break. You feel his yes, soul the, breaking apart. Right there, right there. I, 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 I have watched that since this has happened. And when I saw that, and I saw that again. You literally, like you say, you say, see, it's, it's, I can't even, it's so hard to explain, but you, that's a good way to put it. You see his soul breaking apart because it's, it's like, he gets just a few words out and then it's like, it's like a, a whale, like, almost like an animal in pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like he broke, like you say. And also he had lost uh, people like Johnny Grunge, which are good friends, and Biff Wellington, who had just a, and Boss Man, Biff Biff Wellington, and these Jerry Martel. yeah, like a lot uh, and of according things. to was I believe Nancy sister was it Sherry or Bossman that was like one of the kind of the final straws for him that was starting was to really mess. It was Sherry. It was, Sherry. It was like really cause Sherry died the week that Vince did the limo, so the week beforehand. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, <laughs> and then he did that. I was so pissed at the time that he did that angle right beforehand. But but I just when I see that saw that back, I thought right there, that's where his death happened. And in some ways, I think that's where Nancy Nancy and Daniels happened. Well, didn't right he have like a journal and and the thoughts were getting super dark in it? He had a journal, and uh, and in the last year or so, he had um, he had kind of found uh, started to put a lot of dark thoughts in there, but also a lot of like a, a lot of religious thoughts, which wasn't something really he had done. No, he, and he that's had, a big thing with the deaths too. He had Bibles next to everybody. Yes, except he had for placed, himself. Yes, yeah, except for yeah. himself, which is again significant. All of this, there's a lot of symbolism, and, and that's what a part of what I think like. Like books are written about it, and they want to do a film on it. And, and and from a psychological standpoint, from that perspective, I get that that it's fascinating. If you can, if you're not a wrestling fan, you can kind of take yourself apart from it. But if you're if you're like us, it's like, yeah, he's writing all this stuff, like these quotes about the death and these things from the Bible, these different and, and scriptures, and it's like. But but I really think that I really don't do believe. If if Eddie doesn't die, that Chris and Nancy and Daniel are still with us, and, and it, I mean, obviously, I have no evidence, but there's this story of um, just a couple days or a few days before uh, he dies when when uh, he's talking to Regal on the phone, and and Regal's interesting because I understand I've never seen the Raw, but I understand he's the one guy who doesn't say really yeah. glowing things about about. Yeah. Chris, that he's the one guy who you think he knows, and, and, and there's a whole thing about whether or not, you know, um, Vic McMahon knew, and, and he probably did before he aired this and all this stuff, but but he shows up at Chris's house after Chris had invited him over, and Chris is basically not only, like, unless like a half hour later, not only does he not invite him in and, and say he doesn't, you know, he doesn't... Um, remember inviting him over, he's basically acting like he doesn't even know who he is. You know, it, it's... I've never heard that story. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's just a few days beforehand. Um, he shows up and, and he, he he doesn't, he's almost like he doesn't even know who he is. And and he closes the door on him, sends him away after he come over, like, a, you know, drove a half hour to get over there. And it's like... And that's one of his best friends too. It's it's such weird stuff, um, in all this. And if there is anything good of this, and Lord knows it's it's not uh, uh, worth the that, price. I think you're going to the transition I wanted to make. So go there, please. Yeah, it, it's that I don't think we'll see that type of brain damage and that type of no. abuse of of um, you know narcotics and the type of things that that was happening that also was part of this explosive cocktail that caused this event. And well, it's like I say, it's not worth, it's not worth the price, but it's something we can almost grab onto to make us, well, uh, us feel that's a little the better. Thing, right, Mo? Uh, uh, if it wasn't for this, we don't get the wellness policy. We don't have, well, the we, we already had the wellness policy, but to the degree that, that to the yeah, addition it, it that it was, it yeah, was, it was a, joke, a joke, right? So yeah. to have the three strokes, and you could argue, and Joel and I had this talk off thing, guys like Jeff Hardy, who who knows, MVP, who pretty much had his life saved by the new wellness policy for finding a 
a health hazard that they wouldn't have found beforehand. So MVP could have possibly passed away. And then Daniel Bryan with what they've done now with concussions. Dolph Ziggler and Fandango both had major pushes derailed because of concussions that took him off TV. But and same with Daniel Bryan, but we're better for it now. And it's funny that the WWE has learned their lesson, and it took uh, a star of theirs passing away and doing a horrific thing, but sports like the NHL and the NFL still haven't learned. Well, well Jerry was, Jones is an asshat. Yeah. I was, I was going to go back a little bit. It ties in with this, but it, everything that happened that weekend it it was i don't think there's one thing that we could point our fingers to and go that like you look at how the media did it it was like a steroid it was road rage was some crazy wrestler burn wrestling was at a witch hunt at that point i i don't think it was solely that i don't think it was solely cte i think as as mo had alluded to those text messages between nancy and chris i've never seen those so i don't know what's what's in them but if it if it kind of leans to where you were describing then you've got a situation. And the other big thing that I always go back to is the podcast with Nancy Benoit's sister. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was a wealth of uh, information for us that we kind of sit there and we kind of look at now. And the way she, the way she had described it was there was like, and she didn't go into detail on certain things. She wanted to keep some things private still, but it was a guy that was, he would drive to the gym in different directions He'd go and he'd take different vehicles of small little things that I think this this was a guy. The that, paranoia. Yeah, that was paranoid. And one of the fears was Daniel being kidnapped. That was one of the big things was they had heard about a, uh, a kid being kidnapped that was a pro wrestler. And uh, Benoit had known that he was in the spotlight now because he got shoved in the spotlight in 20. And he, he had wanted that. And it was a guy that's career was starting to kind of enter into the twilight it was getting to the tail end of it he didn't have 20 more years of wrestling and he only knew pro wrestling but he, uh, nancy was getting him geared up for the wrestling academy uh, the chris benoit wrestling academy they were going to open up a school that was going to be the next thing but i don't think he wanted to quite let go of the wrestling him actually going out and doing it and i mean the other side the other side that doesn't get talked about a whole lot is he was divorced so half his paycheck was going to uh, up in Edmonton to his formal wife and his his kids up there. And just sure to that, clarify, and that he had cheated on that wife with Nancy, correct? Um, you know, I, I don't really know the details on that. Okay, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll say we'll plead guilty on not knowing that, but continue, Joel. And so you've got you've got like Hedmo said, it was a explosive cocktail. That I don't think I do think that there are some positives that came from it with the wellness policy and concussion because concussions are something very serious that needs to be looked at and really not just oh it's just like I remember when I played football in high school and I had a concussion and I got the coach uh, a coach a gym teacher he was head of the football program at the school that I was at had called me a pussy for not playing because I felt dizzy and nauseous because I didn't feel well. And that was his 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 motivation in front of everyone was to call me out because I wouldn't play through a concussion. And now fast forward to 2017, you look at what con- what uh, concussions were 
concussions were one of the things that led to this event, and concussions are something that has led to several other different horrific events to different degrees. Uh, CTE is real. It needs to be, you need to really start to do more with that. But I think with the Benoit stuff, you know, we don't see those chair shots to the head anymore. Thank God. Because those were, those were nasty. And you heard, uh, what were their names in ECW? They just escaped me. They both, uh, balls. Axel and balls. Yeah. They would swing chairs at each other and see how hard they could hit each other. And it was a competition. Mm -hmm. And so you you get breeded with that mindset, and Benoit came from old school. So it was still very much, you saw back in the Attitude Era, just open chair shots, just swing for the fences, and Benoit took them. The diving headbutt is something that, a move that needs to be removed from all of pro wrestling. Dynamite, Benoit, Daniel Bryan. Those are three victims from that diving headbutt that need to be, it needs to be removed, and it needs to be banned alongside a couple other moves. This this whole event, everything that happened, and I didn't know he... I, I'd always tried to figure out what Benoit did with Daniel after he'd killed Nancy. Because, uh, again, we go back to that Jericho podcast with Nancy's sister, and you, you hear that he brutalized her. That it sounds like that it was an absolute fit of rage. That was just almost like a blackout rage. Where when you finally realize what you've done... And it sounds like she was absolutely brutalized. So now that thought pops into my head that... And I believe she was covered up with a carpet or a towel or her body was kind of hidden off to the side. The last thing I'd kind of read. And you think that Daniel's going about his day having, as you had said, giving him a great day. Well, his mother's dead off to the side. That I, I like it. I don't know about you guys, but I just still can't go back and watch Benoit matches. And I don't think I ever will because it's just one of those things. And I know like the three of us aren't Jericho, Chavo. And Chavo's another thing that uh, like Chavo rode with him. And he didn't notice anything. He didn't notice, Chavo said he didn't notice any change in his memory. Chavo didn't notice anything about um, his his personality, his over-religious personality, none of that, none of that was picked up by Chavo. And the other, the, the flip side with that is what Jericho nicknamed him, the Loch Ness Monster. He'd pop up and then he'd disappear. So this is a guy that was very, extremely private, extremely quiet, that would disappear. And it just seems like, I think, with through the self-medication and through the obvious mental illness that was there that was present and was growing and festering and blooming into something dark and horrific there's no address to that there was no and I do I do side with Mo that if Eddie was still alive I, I think Benoit would be too because I think that was almost his therapist I think that was almost what kind of talked him down and kind of brought him down and I mean the other thing that we have that wasn't spoken uh, touched upon was Nancy actually got a restraining order from Benoit. They were separated. They were split because it wasn't like he was, uh, like, punch you in the face abusive, as Nancy's sister said. But he was, she obviously felt the need to get a restraining order and be away. Ultimately, they were able to reconcile. But that's the other thing. 
What if they knew? But the, that's 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 the other thing is that WWE knew that and ignored that, and and today they wouldn't. Yeah, they can't. You know, that would get into the news, and that would be they'd be crucified for it. So it's it's that thing where now, and that's the other thing where just in today's present mind, that's not acceptable. And he he would have been in trouble for that, and they would have had to address that. There's a lot of that to me. There's never, and that's I think that's the hardest thing for everyone is there's not the, everyone wants to cling to one thing. CTE, Roy Rage, um, uh, Eddie's death. There's we we, we desperately want to find that one logical answer. I and I don't know if there is a logical answer. No, it's not one thing. It's it's all those things. Though I do think the CTE is the biggest factor. Yes, personally. I agree. I, think- I, I mean, I like that's that. I mean, what you hear, like I say, I mean, his brain was mush. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was also was the heat in Atlanta as well. Was just uh, how uh, the body had reacted. But that's also on the flip side. Your brain shouldn't just turn to mush after a couple hours of no, no. So. But let's let's get a little bit up. And focus on some of the positives. Like the, I was saying earlier, the more reinforced side of the wellness policy and the co- the concussion protocol that saved people's lives. Like I said, MVP that got his, I think it was a heart thing, I believe. Yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy, who know, who knows? And I think the biggest case, and some people make the comparisons of the parallels, was Daniel Bryan. Who, and you know if they didn't have the things they do now. Daniel Bryan, and we'll find out in a year if he goes somewhere else, but in WWE, Daniel Bryan's not allowed to wrestle because of what his concussions are. Thank God. As much as I miss watching him wrestle, thank God. Mm-hmm. And the um, last thing I want to hear is, like, something happened to Bree and Birdie. I don't ever want to hear that story. Yeah, and, and I don't think you would because the personalities no. are so wildly different, too. Yeah. But, but uh, you just never know yeah. about the CTE, though, right? You never. Well, that's the thing. The CTE, it, it's more. I look more at uh, the likelihood of something happening to them. I think that's unlikely. So do I, well, and I do agree but, too, because Brian is more of a a fun, loving man than Benoit was a very reserved man, and yeah. Brian is just so full of by life. His nature, he's he's not he's not a, he doesn't have aggressive tendencies by nature. It's more no. the depression. <laughs> it's more what I what. Yeah. Yeah, it's more where I would go is the depression. It's more where I would go would be the junior Seau's. Yeah. And uh, and we know. saw that in Total Bellas that Brian really suffered from that after he had to retire. Like It really hit well, him really hard. Those, those of you who watched Total Bellas, uh, those of us who are wrestling fans may not have seen that. Uh, but <laughs> Hey, it was but, an important thing for Daniel Bryan's career to know that. No, no, I know. I know. It's nice to add a little bit of levity and have a little bit of Mo back talk. Uh, I've 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 held it back a couple times here already because yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not the appropriate time but yeah but no I mean yeah I mean uh, like I say Junior Seau and and you've seen a lot of people in the NFL you know a lot of people who've who've, who've committed suicide and you've seen a lot of people who've committed suicide people like Mike Awesome and people like that who I'm, I'm sure the CTE caused their their level of depression that that was a big deal in their um, you know own uh, suicide or you know uh, Canyon is another one. Um, and then, and then you, or in hockey. I mean, how many? How many? I mean, uh, it's no coincidence that the that the people in hockey who've been, you know, uh, committing suicide uh, 
X players are largely the enforcers that that <laughs> um, you know Christopher Nyland and guys like this who who got whose job was to get punched in the face to protect the other guys. Yeah. Like it's it's so to me that would be the biggest thing is less likely that there's going to be uh, that they're going to portray violence on other people, but more likely that that the CTE causes the depression and the likelihood that they would take their own lives early, which is still a tragedy that shouldn't happen happen. I mean, Junior Seau was another one. I mean, Wade Bielek was a big one. Wade Bielek, yeah. Derek Bugard, uh, Rick Rippin. Yeah. yeah, there's so many. Uh, it's it's a, it's a tragedy. And, and you know, again, uh, like I say, but Junior Seau to me is the one because uh, the amount of steroids he was doing and the amount of um, head trauma he had is to me the closest example to Chris Benoit. And even he hasn't had the influence on society at his early death that it should have, and certainly within the NFL. So you can applaud the WWE. Now, part of this is, is you know, I mean, like you say, after Eddie dies, they put in this wellness policy, and it's a joke. It's 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 for it's for uh, you know cosmetic purposes. And mm-hmm. now this stuff is pretty real. It's more the protection of the wrestlers for the injuries and a better understanding of that and especially the head trauma i mean the the i mean let's be honest the uh the wellness policy is still uh somewhat of a joke it's better yeah because brock and brock isn't getting never got anything to it when yeah, the oh, when usada went off on him and they have their weird part-time thing so if the rock comes in he's not going to get anything cena now coincidentally falls into that realm yeah so but i mean heads up to them like i still thought it was a big deal that someone like roman reigns a big guy didn't do the correct situation they wanted, and they, they suspended them. Stuff they with Paige, where it's like, I didn't get my stuff in time. Well, guess what? That's too bad. We have a deadline. You didn't meet it. You're getting suspended. And I like that. I like that they are Definitely. that strict on it. If you, we have a deadline, get it in by then. If not, no, there's, no, one, is, no one is more special than the other. And no, show I mean, that with a guy can- like Roman. You can definitely look at you can definitely look at the WWE and see that there's ways around it and there's guys who are a yes. lot of them. But 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 yes. the but I think it's more that if you don't want to participate in that, um, you're not punished. You're not your push isn't immediately ruined mm-hmm. uh, just because you're not as jacked as you could be. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, I mean, like I say, football has in junior say somebody who should have made that same impact, and they didn't have the outside pressures that they should have. That certainly WWE fell under uh, media scrutiny, and I don't think that they were unfair. WWE thinks they were unfair. I don't think they were unfair. I think they were fair because they were it was fair. they were honest. So yeah. this is the stuff that's happening, and the amount of deaths that was happening um, <laughs> was unbelievable in that period. Like people don't even remember. We're talking about Benoit, but. All the oh. other deaths. Yeah. It was like of, Boss was, Man, was, Bulldog. It was like Hawk. It was like every, like, two test, months. Test, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, yeah. like so many guys and so many ECW guys, mm-hmm. which is why the, the fact that CZW still exists and gets away with the shit they're getting away with on their cards pisses me off to no end, but that's a whole other discussion. But, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely, that that – there should have been the wake-up call in, in, in sports. There should be the wake-up call in hockey. Uh, and, you know, and, and well, they're well, managing. Even, even, even this past month ago, Giselle goes on the Today Show or whatever 
Oh, Tom had a concussion, but didn't tell anyone last year. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Tom Brady, you're adorable. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, why, why are we not paying more attention to this? Why are we paying more attention to deflated footballs and making that a big deal? But your best player, arguably, had a concussion and checked back in the game, and we're just going to do nothing? Yeah, more oh. Getting the win is more important to everybody, yeah. to him yeah. and, and, the, and the league and the team. Crosby as well. Crosby's the other big example. We don't know if Crosby should have been cleared to play in the Stanley Cup or not. We don't know. We don't know. Probably shouldn't have been. Probably shouldn't have been, no. But that's the thing is that the WWE, despite the fact that it was in some ways forced upon them, they haven't, they haven't now that they're far more out of the public eye, they haven't pulled it back. No. Nope. And, and I think we should applaud them for that. Lord knows Daniel Bryan would love them too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because for him getting pretty, cleared by three other doctors, but not theirs, doesn't matter. He can get cleared by the doctor of the Cardinals, UCLA, and then New York one. But if he's not getting cleared by theirs, doesn't matter. And that's what I like about them is like our doctor is the final word, and that's the one we're going to trust. Well, I, I think absolutely. the big thing. I think the big thing with that is I think while Guerrero's death hit uh, Vince hard. I think the Benoit death really hit him. Which and is another reason why they wanted they took so long to get Kurt because they didn't want another death and they thought Kurt was dead man walking. Yeah. So that that's that's a big thing where I think as much as you will always have the jokes about Vince, we'll always have those memes about Vince. Vince is a walking, talking, interesting, rare breed of a person that we'll never see again. At the end of the day, he's still a person. And he's still close with a lot of these guys that have died. And every time someone has passed away that Vince has done business with, whether it's gone sour or not, that's got to impact him. Like, I mean, you look at the guy was crying when he gave Shawn Michaels the Hall of Fame ring. Now, albeit there there will always be those unsavory rumors about Shawn and Vince, but this is a guy that, you know, if you were to tell me back in 97, 98, if, if I was smarter to the business, that Sean OD in the early 2000s and be dead, I wouldn't have been shocked because he seemed to be heading towards that pathway. He seemed to be heading towards just a very mm-hmm. bad spot. And he was able to move past that, get himself clean, and now he had a second run with the company. And just to see that is remarkable. And I think that's part of the reason why Vince was so emotional during that because he gets to see someone that was heading towards that very dark road that managed to steer himself back. The and WWE still has a long way to go, but they are they are they are moving in the right direction, and and uh, as far as treating the people like people and understanding yeah. that they're human beings, but there's still a lot there's still there's still a long way to go. But um, I mean, and that's against the that's against the rustling tradition since the early days you know uh, <laughs> to, to to see the pe- people as people and, and human beings um, you know outside of just a few promoters but they're, they're moving in the right direction and, and that's good yeah so uh, we're wrapping we're near the end here uh, I just want to get some final thoughts on the entire situation we're going to start with uh, Joel and then we'll go to Mo and then I'll finish off and we'll get out of here uh, you know I'm definitely going to have to take some time, some alone time after this podcast, because it's definitely, um, I've learned some new things, so that definitely is not, uh, that's definitely going to take some time to process, but I think, 
as a wrestling fan, we 2007 very well could have been leading towards the collapse of pro wrestling. That was the one thing that had happened was with the media coverage during this. And just the media talked to the wrong people that had the wrong wrong things to say that had an axe to grind. And when you talk to the right people, you got more of the true story. It's not all black and white and sunshine and rainbows and WWE was saints, but WWE aren't the absolute devil. They're and not. Nancy Grace Nancy Grace is a complete idiot, let's just say it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 And there's there were a few others that, like that, was it Mark Merrill that came on and talked during that whole yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest idiot of all that we can all agree is Ken Anderson. Well, yeah. He, he and it cost him, I think Ken Anderson, that was one of the final straws for him with WWE, was those interviews that he did. Uh, he came off poorly. Yeah. So did Finley, though. We put smiles on people's faces. Who do they think they are? Bailey? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not great. Blackman was one. I, uh, Blackman wasn't bad. Maros was up there. Maros was pretty bad. Maros was really bad. I look at guys like. Jericho was great. Yeah. Jericho was fantastic. Jericho, Jericho was a voice of reason. And I look at Brett was another solid voice throughout that whole thing. Well, people that knew the man, right? Yeah. Not people that were looking for their 50. An extra 16 on their 15, like Mark Merrill, for example, or Steve Blackman, or whoever else tried to sneak in and be like, oh, I'm a former wrestler, I'll talk about... And some of them were also, I think, just looking for an outlet because their friends were dying, and they just wanted to be like, help us, all my friends are dying. Yeah, that's the other big thing, was everyone was dying at that point. That was a dark time for wrestling, because every little bit you'd hear, oh, so now we... Josh, have we, knock on wood, we haven't up to this point had to do a podcast on someone passing away that was employed by WWE in a little bit. Well, I think the last real big one that we did was Piper. But he, I mean, he was on a Legends deal and Dusty and like, they, but I think the thing with the Dusty one and the Piper one, even though the Piper one still shocks me to this day, it just kind of came out of nowhere. They were still older. I yeah. mean, they still probably had a lot of life left, but it wasn't like... It was like, okay, well, you know, they were up there in age. It wasn't it's, like, not, it's not like it's not like the Brian Pillman situation. No, right? no. It wasn't like because yeah. Dusty let's just put it this way, Dusty and Piper had had their careers. Their yeah. families could have used them for many more years. But their careers had been done. So that part was taken away, and then you're just sad about them just being gone, period. But with other wrestlers like Pillman or Owen, it's like there's just so much left in their career, and then it's also, of course, their family side as well, and everything else. Yeah, terrible. And I and I, so you know there there have been steps forward. There needs to be more steps taken. But this whole this whole thing, it's it's a tragedy, cut and dry, pure and simple. It was a tragedy that had so many explosive uh, mixtures that it just so happened that everything lined up on that fateful June weekend in 2007 that I mean we hear those stories of Benoit even wanting to make vengeance booking a flight and potentially coming out and wrestling at uh, the pay-per-view and I'm not gonna lie selfishly at the time even after hearing the news I kind of wanted that because selfishly and Punk even said this selfishly I wanted that match and selfishly I wanted to see CM Punk versus Chris Benoit that would have, I, I think that would have been a death blow to the company if that had happened, because they would have been vilified even more, more so because. Oh yeah. 
this guy had wrestled on your program and he'd done these horrific acts back home and he was and he almost and he almost did it like he 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 almost went he was considering it yeah and that's the that like it just sounds like a guy he would have won the belt too and then the the whole kind of trickle down of what do we do with this belt now like is this belt tarnished forever now because we legit let a murderer win the belt like, he had just murdered his wife and he won our belt? It was a mess. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's the best way to describe it. It's a mess. Um, do I miss having Chris Benoit to root for on, on my TV? Yeah. But at the end of the day, he killed his wife and his kid. The same two people that you saw at the end of WrestleMania 20. And that was that highlight. That, that package is forever tarnished in my memory because that's what they used on the news over and over and over and over and over again. It's him hugging Daniel and him hugging Natsy and him and Eddie together and him holding up that big shiny gold belt. This is this is probably the toughest podcast I'll ever have to do because it just, even 10 years later, it still makes me uncomfortable. Like, people will bring up Benoit and I'll just try to go away from the subject because it's just no no i'm not i'm not too big on it i don't want to talk about it because Mo? it's just I, I i know you uh i know you have something important to get to josh so i will be really quick here no nothing's uh, more important than this go ahead okay um i mean i saw chris benoit's first match i don't i don't have memory of it but i know i saw it because it used to be i mean stampede rustling and and i used to be out and playing basketball and I'd take off, I'd be like, no, wrestling's on, Stampede Wrestling, and everybody would get pissed off at me, and I'd be like, I don't care. Uh, Stampede Wrestling's on. You know, love Stampede Wrestling more than WWF back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was like really ours, were, right? It was ours. I, I, it was something different about it, the energy and the realism and the intensity. And, and, uh, and, and I do remember this young kid wrestling. I think he was like 17 or 18 at the time. I, I mean, he was really young. And, uh, and, and, and he didn't really stand out so much in those early days because you had uh, Owen Hart around the same time. You had Ben Bass, a rap, who had a very similar look. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and it, I mean, people like I mean, Yushin Thunder Liger came through there, you know, unmasked at the time and on excursion and Hiro Hossi and, and legends like that for Brian Pillman. I mean, there was, there was great talent around the same time. It was when he won the title. I remember him. I remember the match of him winning the title from the great Gama whose uh, own legacy lives on through Ginger Mahal now. Uh, whatever legacy that is is, again, a whole other discussion. Um, and I remember him winning it and just being kind of surprised. And, and that was cool. But And he was young, and I was like, oh, maybe he does have something to him. And, of course, that was kind of Gamma's role was he was the guy who always had the belt. And then he would put on – he would use it to put over a young guy who probably was going to move on from the territory eventually, and then he'd get it back, you know, before the guy moved on. And and um, it, he really came on my radar. This is a moment that is, is, is kind of infamous. A Dynamite Kid gave him his wrestling boots on Stampede Wrestling. Um, and a lot of people are embarrassed because Dynamite Kid found it embarrassing. Dynamite Kid was drunk or high or whatever and, and said it was an embarrassing moment. All I know is as a kid, I didn't know that the Dynamite Kid was drunk. And, and they managed to put it on TV. He came out and he said, this is the guy who will carry on my legacy. This is the guy. I'm giving him my boots. It's, it was a symbol. It was a huge symbol, much more so than a belt. 
that was where I went, holy shit, this kid's got to be special. Because Dynamite Kid, the great Dynamite Kid, maybe the greatest in-ring performer in history, is telling me that this is the kid. And that was where, for me, Chris Benoit, I became the, my level of fandom and my level of respect went to a whole other level. Was when that happened. And and then I followed him through, like I say, through Japan as, as best I could and, and ECW and these different things. And, and then he shows up in, in WCW and, and, and has, a, I mean, he has great matches. And he used to come to the ring. He would get a massive reaction. It would last the whole way down. And he didn't do anything. And that was a that was a pop. That wasn't a pop because he was cool or because he had a great gimmick. That was a respect pop. He had their respect. And I respected that. But... I can almost look back on, like I look back on that first win against Great Gamma and I smile and I don't feel any guilt because that person is not the person that killed Daniel, not the person that killed Nancy and killed himself. That 17, 18 year old fresh faced kid who loved wrestling represents what I love about wrestling. And I feel no guilt for that, for, for smiling at that. And uh, I want to thank you guys. I hope next time we can have a little more fun uh, but this has been good for me, and 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 I think I kind of it's helped me get to that point. Is that thinking that young kid, that kid that was given those boots by Dynamite, um, I could smile at him because that's that's a good kid who loves wrestling, and you know, so do I. Well said, Mo. For me, uh, I think you echoed a lot of the things that uh, I wanted to say. So. I think, you know, I can still, I think I'm one of the few that can still, if, if it, I'm not going to go out of my way to ever watch a Benoit match, it's just not going to happen. But if it comes up, I'll watch it. And it, it's still weird to me. And I don't know if it's probably to say a joke, but every year that Royal Rumble comes around, Joel and I will look at each other when Michael Cole inevitably says, two men have won in the number one spot. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is one. And Joel and I will always be like, who's the other? Who's this mystery man? And on little little weird trivia note, on ESPN in 2004, they have the Royal Rumble winner listed as Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, that's interesting. And and, and they always talk about the longest uh, lasting guy being being Ray. And of course it's Eddie. Or sorry, <laughs> it's um, it's Chris, you know. But. So we we will miss him, but at the same time we will revile him. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Give us your feedback, and until next time, cheers and enjoy the day, people. <laughs>